This episode of Wishers Breakaway is brought to you by you, the listener. That's right, you. Thank you so much for listening at home. We appreciate you absolutely so much. We have a great show today. Talk about Jack Eichel. Maybe you heard of him. Talk about a weekend of uh, Ranger games. The hot and the cold. The the bad and the good. Me not watching and them winning. Me watching and them losing. And all, uh, all in between that. And of course, the return of five-star questions after a week off. Let's get to the show. Here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Blue Shirts Breakaway fans. Welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mito of The Athletic, and I'm here with my co-host, also of The Athletic, Gregory Kaplan. Gregory, say hello. <sighs> Ryan, it's a tough day. The Mets started the season 0-4 for 4 with runners in scoring position. Do you, how do you think this affects the Leafs? <laughs> you know, the Mets <laughs> hired someone. The Mets hired someone from Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment to be their vice president of something. This was not so planned actually... for every, listeners at home. This was a, this was a totally natural... How does this affect the Leafs? And we got there. So congratulations. Yeah, this actually, the, Met, the Mets actually affected the Leafs today. They hired someone from the Toronto Sports Group to run something or something. Unbelievable. Let's get right into it, shall we? The I think we already did. Yeah, we did. We actually recorded our interview already. We have Emma Vigland. She is a, a, a popular politician. Politician? What the hell? Po- political. What's your problem? What Are you is, having a seizure? I don't know what's wrong with me. Something. So many things. Yeah, Where do you want actually, to start? no, no. Don't let's not do that. Uh, he's she's of a popular politic podcast. I know we don't talk sports and politics, but she's also one of the most hardcore. Uh, sports fans I've ever spoken to on this podcast. She's of the majority report. We have her on later talk about the rebuild, Knicks, Giants, everything, including Jack Eichel. And I'm sure we'll talk a little Eichel beforehand too. Uh, but over the weekend, as you mm. know, my mother came to visit me and I wasn't able to watch the Friday night game versus the Bruins. Turns out, Gregory, during that time, the Rangers became a supernova offense of a team. They scored six goals. They ended up winning in absolutely dominating fashion. I watched the replay. And I watched the replay at 1.5 speed, if I'm being honest. I skipped through because I was really sad I didn't get to watch it in, in live time. What was your number one takeaway from, from a game that the Rangers dominated the Bruins team? Were, were the Bruins just not ready? Were the Rangers just the better team? Because simply, on a Sunday, the Raiders didn't show up. They might as well have stayed home and, sleep, and slept late because the matinee game was a disaster start to finish there was nothing good about it I don't think the Rangers didn't show up on Sunday I think the Bruins showed up on Sunday and I, I again I think I think it's we we sometimes forget we, we we like talking about it all the time but then when the game is actually happening we just forget that the Boston Bruins are arguably the best team in hockey so we we want to say that the Rangers didn't show up on Sunday I don't think the Bruins allowed the Rangers to show up on Sunday and the Bruins on Friday I was stunned by how flat the Bruins came out because they got destroyed by the Islanders the night before. So I just assumed the Bruins were going to come into the Rangers game, guns blazing, hell raisers, pissed off against the world, just playing with an anger that would make the game unpleasant from a Rangers standpoint. And it was shockingly just a continuation of everything that happened against the Islanders. To me, it was more surprising to see what was going on from the Bruins side of things than it was from the Rangers. But yeah, I, I, look, I'm not, I'm not forgiving the Rangers performance on Sunday. It was bad, but I do think at some point it, it's when the best team in hockey decides they want to play and they want to play their style and they're not going to give you a choice, but to play their style. I don't think you can be surprised that it goes poorly when you're a team like the New York Rangers, especially. 
No, I agree with you, especially because they started uh, Greg McKegg, the legend, and uh, Steve Camper. Don't forget Steve Camper. I, I wasn't yeah, going to forget Mr. Camper. I, I remember watching Steve Camper live with you. I believe it was versus the Carolina Hurricanes at MSG at one of our Reddit meetups, and it was a miserable experience where he could well, because not play hockey. It's just you go back, and that last Vino year, I don't even remember if Camper was the first year under Quinn, but for whatever reason, Camper was getting the opening game assignments with Mark Stahl. Like, and whoa. it was just a guarantee the Rangers were giving up a goal. What are we doing here? I, 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 I sometimes I yearn for the old, the times of old where we could just sit there. Well, well we have Jack Johnson now. Never mind. It's the same shit. All right. Uh, <laughs> but you, a, asked, you asked about Friday going well. Yes. Yeah, so um, it went extremely well. Despite, you know, the Rangers not having Artemi Panera, maybe you heard, but there's some things going on with Putin there. And then Jacob Truba out. Kapokok with Lord and Savior still on COVID as of yesterday at 430. He was one of one player on that list at that time. Now there is four. Uh, it's a situation where it's like, I can't believe they took it to the best team in the league. And not just one. The Rangers are notorious for playing these close games. And maybe they could shift the tides once in a while to squeak it out. But dominated? Start to finish? More mm-hmm. physical? Ryan Lindgren actually uh, doing everything? <laughs> bleeding everywhere <laughs> on his opponents? What? Well... What was the exact feeling after the game for you? It was one of those games where, as it was happening, all you could really do is laugh. There are so few games where that actually happens um, for the good. But this was one of those games where it almost didn't matter what the Rangers were doing. It got to a point of it just being funny because they were ragdolling the Bruins around. And the most shocking thing to think about is, again, it's a six-goal game in which... Mika still didn't score. Um, Lafreniere, after everyone, well, not everyone, Islander fans were trying to be cute with the Varlamov has more assists than Lafreniere memes. And then Lafreniere with an assist so nice that Ryan Strom has no choice but to score. And we should add that Lafreniere added another assist on Sunday, by the way. The kid is heating up. Um, It was, it's just, it was one of those games where nobody on the Rangers had a bad game. And it was so out of hand in favor of the Rangers that for a moment, Ryan, for a moment, it actually looked like Jack Johnson was also going to score a goal. And if that happened, I think the Bruins season officially ends. Like they, they have if to go Jack home. Johnson scores on Friday. Can, is there any chance they win on Sunday? I, th- I say no. The Bruins. Yeah. Well, because the organization ceases to exist. That's correct. Yes. They just like the, the game. Up. The game's already decided as a three, nothing Ranger win. Cause there's a forfeit. Yeah, I think that's what has to happen if Jack Johnson scores on you. I can't imagine anything else. It's it, The team, they watched the game on Sunday, and I know I feel like I cursed it because I didn't watch Friday, and I know how this feels. I, you know, I tried to half-ass watch, kind of, you know, no half measures, but I kind of was doing that, where I was, like, doing chores around while I was still watching the game because I knew I'd affect the game personally. And it was... Was I, I can't tell you it was the worst game of the year because the worst game of the year was opening night versus the Islanders. It was. The, the, the Rangers were supposed to come out and at least play somewhat excited at that point in time, and they didn't. But this matinee game, it almost feels like the worst game of the year because there was fans. Like, people paid to be at that game, Greg. Like, yeah, at least the fans who came to quote-unquote opening night on, on, on that Friday got a show. They got what they came for. But to be at MSG on a Sunday and to get a, a COVID test to be there and watch the Rangers put up that Piece of performance is just uh, was a little bit disgusting, and I, I think you're right though. It, it could be just hey, the Bruins got embarrassed. They were like, "Do you remember that we're the best team in the league?" Oh yeah, maybe we just don't let the Rangers do anything because they don't have their top talent. And Mika Zibanejad is an icicle 
let's just stop them. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, it's again, I don't, I, I'm not a guy that likes to defend the team because I got to tell you, the content's a lot better when I'm super angry at anybody. I, I know my shtick. <clears throat> Whoa, Whoa, I'm getting choked up even thinking about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I know my I know my shtick. I know what I'm good at. Right. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. At the same time, it's like, well, here, here's what I'll equate it to you. Um, the Mets. Come on, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the Mets. Yes. It's baseball season. It's, I'm gonna. It's baseball season. First of all, fish- Philly fans booing the Phillies the first game of spring training. Love that. Oh my god, that made my Sunday. It didn't matter what the Rangers did. Everything was great as soon as that happened. Uh, but 2016, Ryan, the Mets were in the wild card game going up against the San Francisco Giants who decided to throw the god Madison Bumgarner in the playoff game. I just knew as long as Bumgarner was in the game, the Mets weren't going to score a run. So when the Mets lost 3 nothing, was I upset? Sure, because the Mets lost. At the same time, it's exactly what I thought was going to happen because the, the Giants started Madison Bumgarner. And right now with the Bruins, when you're the best team in hockey and you show up, and you want to play, and you dictate the pace and style of the game, when the Boston Bruins make you play Boston Bruins hockey, you're not going to win. Especially when Mika's freezing cold, when there is no Panarin, there is no Kako, there is no Edel, there is no Truba. Half of your defense is Smith, Hayek, and Jack Johnson. At some point, whatever happened with Georgiev happened with Georgiev. Um, You just... It's a no-win situation as a New York as a team like the New York Rangers. They it's not like the Rangers weren't trying. I can't sit here and say the Rangers didn't play with any effort. They just couldn't get anything going because the Bruins are the superior hockey team. Sometimes you just get beat by the better team. And sometimes you make the better team look silly. And it's just funny that those two things happened back to back essentially with the Rangers. But yeah, it, it sucked to watch. It wasn't a fun game. The Rangers couldn't do anything, but Unlike against the Islanders, it felt like a lack of effort, right? That's that's part of why we were so annoyed and upset about it. Against the Bruins, I, the Rangers were trying their asses off. You just can't do shit when the best team in hockey decides to be the best team in hockey. It's uh, I actually wanted to mention something about the Sunday game that I was thinking about. I just thought it was particularly strange that I know it was Georgiev's start, right? It was. Mm-hmm. And he bleeds like Ryan Lindgren all of a sudden all over the ice. They bring him back to the locker room. They determine he's okay enough to play. Very hockey player of him. Igor comes in for like a reliever, couple minutes. Gets the double. Gets the gets the W. Gets the giant L uh, on his record situation with a one save loss. Who knew? Was it strange to you that they you warmed up Igor and then you just took him out? To me, like it was like let's leave him in at that point. Like I don't really. Maybe it was. George I would have left. Start. I would have left him at that point. First of all, whatever happened with Georgiev is an entirely different discussion. Um, for the spotters to take him out after initially clearing him seems odd. But it, it, to me, it seems like once the spotter takes you out of the game, that should rule you out for the game, in my mind. But I, I also agree with you. It's, you got, it's almost like you got Igor out of bed. You might as well let Igor continue to go. Um, you got him warm. Like, goalies are weird, man. We know. We know this. There is a well, particular habit with goalies and athletes in general that they get into this rhythm and to have that that rhythm sort of messed up and be like, hey, Igor, go in there for a couple minutes get while Georgiev gets fixed up. We don't know if you're coming out or not. 
Like, I um, I wish you just would have let him rock, rock with it and start Georgiev next game. Like, let him have this whole game. It's not a big deal at this point. I would I would have been right there with you. I don't quite understand the psychology or mechanism of a guy having to be removed from for injury-related reasons. And then once, even if he gets the all clear, going back out there and trying to play, it just, it didn't seem like, we should say though, I want to make this clear because people will use this as a, see, this is why you should fire David Quinn because he did this. <laughs> uh, no, like I love that the guy. goalie didn't matter on Sunday. The Rangers weren't winning that game because the Bruins decided they weren't going to allow offense. So once that happened, it didn't matter if it was Georgiev. It didn't matter oh if it was God. Igor. If you want to be critical of Quinn for not realizing that Georgiev should have come out sooner, that's a fair criticism. If you want to be critical of Quinn for putting Georgiev back in, that's probably also a fair criticism. Um, but this is, to me, it's, it's not a fireable offense. It, it's I personally, if I w- was the person in charge of making that decision, as soon as Georgiev comes out of the game, there's no scenario in which I'm putting him back in. It's now Igor's game, and I'm trying to win it with the guy that is in net. Um, but it, I don't know. It, it was the entire Georgiev situation on Sunday was odd. He should have been removed immediately. If even he's bleeding, like it, he was not slow just, to get up, and he's it wasn't bleeding. just a tiny cut, Greg. <laughs> no, he was because because Rich, like in my opinion, Richie's a there. You go. Say yep. Um, I'll cut that also, first part out. <laughs> thank, thank you. Just you know what? Bleep it the first time and keep it the second. You time. got it. And keep this part in of us explaining yes. how to podcast. Got people. it. This is uh, podcasting one hundred and one, right? Richie, I don't know if this has, this has happened to you. Richie is quickly becoming a guy I just fucking hate. Yeah, I get I it. Think he's dirty as shit. Like, I kind of respect Marchand. There's a level of comedy. I hate to what that Brad I, Marchand. I hate does. that you're saying this because I was looking at some of the stuff that Brad Marchand has posted on Twitter the last couple of days. And it's funny. It's um, it's legit funny. He's I yeah. I don't like him, and he's genuinely an asshole. But it's funny. Right. It is funny but as hell. Th- there's there's a level of comedy to what Brad Marchand does. Even his antics on the ice. There's there's a like Three Stooges element to it that I can appreciate and find a little funny. Richie to me is just a bad hockey player, and he's getting frustrated on the ice. And the way he takes his frustration out is by being dirty, like. He's the guy that did the drive-by on Igor. Yes. The first time the Rangers and Bruins showed up. He's – it's. I'm not saying he intentionally fell on Georgiev, but he intentionally puts himself in situations to be the bad guy. And I think he does it because he's not talented enough to do anything else. Whereas if Marchand decided to just be a clean player, he'd still be one of the best forwards in the league. But Marsha, he's just he's a funny fucker. Like I, I don't want to like I don't want to like, like him either. I yeah. really don't. Yeah. But if he was a Ranger, I would ride for that guy like Sean. If, I can't I really. I, if Marshawn was a Ranger his whole career, we'd won multiple cups with him. Like I don't. We would start every podcast with him introducing it. Like that's <laughs> this and, and just calling us pigeons. Like there, no, I don't really care. It would be one of those situations. He's one of those guys that like Brendan Gallagher for me. I really like him. If he was a Ranger, I really like him. But he's not. That's that's exactly what it is. It's uh, it was really weird to have the fight at the end of the game too. Like Lemieux, what are you doing, stupid. my man? Stupid. So stupid. So it's stupid. Dumb. What What are you at that point? What are you trying? At that point, it is all about you, right? Brendan Lemieux isn't doing that for his teammates because if he was doing that for his teammates, he would have done it in a situation where they could have benefited from it. Right. At that point, it's just, uh, I I understand that 
the Rangers themselves probably liked it. I understand blah, blah, blah. To me, from where I sit, that is just a selfish act. And Lemieux had a bad game, by the way. He was, I would say, it might have been his worst game of the season. He had a lot of mistakes. He was um, essentially, I forget if it was the second or the third goal, where Lemieux didn't close down on his man at the blue line. And I think it was McAvoy who just shoved it home. He, he was bad. Lemieux hasn't been playing well. And the difference is on Friday, the bottom six was playing amazing. And that's part of the reason why the Rangers are succeeding. It's not like the Rangers are hinging on Brendan Lemieux's effort on a nightly basis, but Lemieux was bad. And then he commits a selfish act at the end of the game. And it just, it frustrates me when shit like that happens. Lemieux, I think we've seen him play his best hockey game. This is, I, and I know that we've been very not kind to Mr. Lemieux on this podcast in the past, but the games where he draws all the penalties and he's able to create a minute amount of offense with whatever he's doing, or I know there was a couple games there in a row where the fourth line was quote-unquote buzzing, as we like to say in the hockey realm. But I, I, I think we've seen the best of Brandon Lemieux. I don't know how much more we can see. I don't know where the development is. I mean, I'm done with oh, Brandon. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We've, we've reached the ceiling. I'm like, done with Brandon. Whatever the ceiling is, we've that, seen it. But I'm, I'm over it with Brandon. I know what they think of him, but I'm wow, over it. Wow. It's a whole different story. That's a whole different story. And it, it's I – don't, I don't know because, again, it's I, – I understand. I don't want to have this conversation, which is why we adopted the man-rocket rule. The man-rocket rule, well, legally one, speaking – He's a man rocket. And he can, can get, get it. it. That's the only analysis that really matters. I think we can Howden. stop there. Well, no, I do. I want to say one important point. Okay. Because again, while I'm apologizing for everything the Rangers do, I might as well apologize for everything the Rangers are doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Brett Howden, we have seen him. The eye test, the analytics, it's all there. He does. He just doesn't do a whole lot. What what he does well is existing and like providing effort, but that effort doesn't lead anywhere. But it's important to remember that it's it's not just the New York Rangers that think Brett Howden is doing something. Talent evaluators around the league think Brett Howden is doing something. Oh, you know this. You know what you're doing a little bit, right? What am I doing a little, a little bit? bit what, what? A little bit of showcasing. I see. What no, you're... no, 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 Ryan. This is no because this is one of the scenarios where I don't think the Rangers are trying to showcase Brett Howden to make him more valuable to other teams. I just think other teams value Brett Howden. I, it, it's evident. It's not like Corey Pronman, when he does his prospect rankings, only talked to Rangers players. That's when true. He listed Brett Howden as the 93rd best I've... under 23 year old player. Keandre Miller not listed. That is correct. Yeah. It, it, Corey Pronman is not just going to the Rangers being like, hey, justify this guy's position, and I won't check with anyone else around the league, and I'll just rank him 93rd. That is a consensus opinion that Brett Howden is a good young player. The Rangers feel that way, and so do other player people that are evaluating players in this league. The entire it, it it's crazy to say this, but the entire league is wrong about Brett Howden. It's it's just true. But the Ranger fans out there that are saying that this is just David Quinn, that this is just Jeff Gordon, that this is just John Davidson that sees Brett Howden completely differently. Guys, it's the entire league. Why is it the entire league? I have no fucking idea. I really don't. I um, Rob Luker, a friend of the show, posted something the other day that ranked something like 239 forwards have taken as many shots as Brett Howden or has played as many minutes as Brett Howden since he's entered the league. And Brett Howden ranks 236th in terms of shots generated. So he's just not even taking shots. He just is literally out there, as our friend Fitz would say, getting his cardio <laughs> getting in. Getting his cardio and in. It's, 
it's I, I understand it, guys. We agree with you. We're not sitting here on the podcast saying Brett Howden is actually this dynamo. We, he is a dynamo in many ways, just none of it on the ice. Well, some of it on the ice because he looks He's going to be great but, on The Bachelor, my man. He really is. He, that GQ spread that he's going to do eventually is going to be 10 out of 10. Good for but Brett. The, the, the shocking thing about Brett Howden, it's not just the Rangers that think he's not just doing whatever he's doing that's impressing the Rangers, it's impressing other teams in the NHL. And it blows my mind. Do I wish the Re- Gorton would wake up and realize, holy shit, I could use this guy and get something that might actually help this team? Absolutely. Because more teams want guys like Brett Howden. Why? Fuck if I know, Ryan. I wish I could sit here and say it's actually because X, Y, and Z. It's a damn mystery. I don't know. It's like a Jane Austen didn't write mystery, but I don't know what she wrote, and that's Brett Howden. <laughs> That's exactly what he is. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's go to some five-star questions that we'll get to our guest, Emma Viglin, today. I, I'm nailing that last name now. Great job. All right. Couldn't, couldn't do it when she was actually on the podcast. I did it right before. Anyway, uh, let's get to five-star questions. If you want to leave a five-star question, you can go to our iTunes. You can leave a five-star review. We read them on the show. That's how we usually do it. Sometimes we don't do it on the episodes because, well, uh, last week, some things happened with the Rangers and felt some things were more important. Okay. This week. Here we go. This is from Alex72, and then 72 is like 70,000 times. Uh, what okay. can the Rangers give to Elias Pettersson as an offer sheet this offseason? Or can they give him? Uh, what, yeah, I mean, whatever they want. Right. The Rangers are going to have more cap space than they know what to but do But they're with. not going to do it because offer sheets don't exist. Uh, they don't exist. They don't it, ex- it frustrates me. I got uh, a little preview, a little teaser for everybody. Teaser. Offer sheet rant is back. It's coming in the Emma interview. Just yep. wait for it. This is Kyle from Troy. Hey, boys, fellow Troylet here. Ryan Strom's... Troy, Troylet? Hmm, Did you say Troylet? Yeah, Troylet. Hmm, interesting. interesting. Uh, Ryan Strom's inability to hit the net this year is what... And, and with the shot, with his shot is almost sickening. I really like that the guy and all. But when does DQ finally just tell him to shoot for the middle of the net? We can't score generator rebound scores if he doesn't hit the net. I am pretty sure David Quinn has said that. Uh, we know Georgiev has said it, too. Georgiev said just shoot the damn puck. Hey, um, hey Ryan, just shoot the puck, my man. You know what the, the the terrifying thing truly is that Strom has been the Rangers' best center. He's been in the non-heedle category. He's been like kind of good. Just saying. Well, I, I mean, he has yeah, been. It, yeah. I think everything Ryan Strom does is more magnified because if Ryan he if Ryan Strom was a third round draft pick, he'd be an analytics darling. He really would. Well, I I just if Ryan Strom if the if if Mika Zibanejad just wasn't so just black hole-ish like i i don't know what word is like he sucks the life out of the people that play with him this year and it's so sad to see that it's like i'm pretty sure everything ryan strome do is doing this year is exactly what he did last year but we weren't making jokes about it because the rangers were doing so many other things well that we were distracted by all the shiny objects and now it's like people turn the lights out and the strobe light that is Ryan Strom is kind of funny. And you just, you see it more clearly in the darkness. I think that's part of the problem with Strom. Also, I think he's the best center the Rangers have. So someone should trade for him. Probably. This is from Ryan Sherman. First time, long time. I've actually grown up on 98.7. And I can't say this because it's a competitor uh, sta- station in New York. I think that's how that works. 
whatever it's espn uh but love wfn talk on the pod and appreciate what you guys do over there as well also don't sweat the pronunciation comments ryan's refreshing to hear people who know hockey and be able to be goofy as well as intelligent oh we called it intelligent i think this nails it on the pod that's nice uh was this email meant for espn and he sent it to us yeah i think so if you cared about pronunciation try to be something you're not i appreciate that so here's his question i'm gonna switch uh skip some of the other stuff Here's my question. Post-drama, as Greg correctly explained, and Tony's teammates, etc., would any team be interested in playing Tony D'Angelo as a winger? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty uh, sure if Tony D'Angelo didn't have his background or whatever, some team would be playing him on defense right now. One of the teams, they're, they're, he has the talent to play in the league. There's no doubt about it. It's just yep. it's all the baggage that comes with it, that he created himself. Right. It, the people who are like, oh, the Rangers are canceling Tony D'Angelo. Rangers didn't tell D'Angelo to do anything. Yep. It was all D'Angelo. Every, every, in our opinion, it was all D'Angelo, we should say, yep. just to be safe, yep. just in case anyone is listening. Hello. <laughs> Hello. We hear you. It's we our, know who it, you are. It's our opinion. All right. David Crawford, uh, or Cranford. I'm sorry. I can't read. Who knew? Found the podcast on The Athletic, and I'm here to stay. Thank you so much. I'm not in the fire <laughs> DQ camp, but if Mika and Kreider stay, Mika and Kreider, this was written on the, uh, the the 18th, so this is before Kreider goes absolutely ballistic, okay? okay. Uh, but if Mika and Kreider stay cold for a while, and while, uh, while Strom remains allergic to goals and Bush comes around once a month, could the case be made, d- despite developing the kids, that he's lost the room as far as vets go? No, I wouldn't say so. Well, no, I, I, don't, I don't appreciate that Bush comes around once a month. I just... Has, Booch has never turned off this year. We we made fun of MSG when they said that on the podcast. When they they, they definitely didn't say. Oh, no, they absolutely did not. <laughs> we would love for them to. Yeah, come on, come on the show, MSG. Uh, defend yourselves. Yeah, defend yourself. That's our whole gimmick the entire time. <laughs> Can't say we're not providing you a platform to do it. Yeah. Um, no, but like, there have been times where it's almost so much so that if a player isn't scoring, a player isn't playing well, and I I really do hate that line of thinking booch the entire season has probably been the rangers if not best most consistent forward i don't think he's had a bad game his quote-unquote off games are still top tier for the rangers this season so i i I would vehemently oppose any statement to say that he has checked off for a month or so um but i i don't think Quinn's lost the room. I just, because I don't know how you feel, Ryan. I'll be curious to get your take on this. I'm here for you. Sometimes I, I feel like when things are going well, we credit the players. And when things are going poorly, we blame the coaches, but it's it, it. The coaches are as responsible when things are going well as they are when things are going poorly. So is Chris Kreider's struggle is Mika's advantage at struggles this year because he no longer likes David Quinn or isn't taking David Quinn's coaching. That's not it because the guy who got Mika to take that leap is still David Quinn. So I, I don't think it's, it's, it's not a matter of losing the room to me at some point you have to hold the players responsible. I don't know if it's Mika's a bad jets fault. A hundred percent. We know Chris Kreider for whatever reason, just doesn't come out of the gates hot. But then when he finally rips the cord enough times, he gets going like we're seeing right now. But no, I, 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 I reject the notion that it's Quinn losing the locker room because, again, who hasn't improved under David Quinn? Like, who's the guy who hasn't improved? We're talking to guys like Brett Howden. That's it. That's it. Most guys that have played on this team have gotten better since David Quinn has been here. Absolutely. I, I think there is such thing as losing the room, as losing well, I, a locker room. I think room. there is, too. 
like uh, what's happening in Buffalo. That, Ryan, is losing the room. Yes, that the was The room does not like their coach. That was going to be my example, Greg, and I'm so happy you brought that up because, uh, because that is the difference. It's very clear. I think you could kind of read the tea leaves, as we are known to do on the Blue Shirts Breakaway. We read the tea I mean, leaves. It's what we, we drink do. that tea, baby. We drink it all the time. And in this situation, you can see that the players, they like Quinn. They have fun. You can watch the videos of, of them practicing. It's very clear. I know there are snippets, and it's kind of like watching a couple on Instagram. They only post the good stuff. I get that. But from Wait, do couples fight? Are you tell? Is there are there problems at home? Because you know I'm taking D side. It's true. It's true. Uh, everything's okay. Everything's okay in the meat household. Just putting it out. She there. she was she was driving that Amazon truck, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, and she also set the apartment on fire. It's been a rough couple of weeks. Uh, so yes, you can you can kind of read the tea leaves and say these players really like David Quinn. No one really. There's no snide comments. There's no coded language when it comes to David Quinn. There's nothing. There's no secret messages. They like Quinn. At least, what what happened when I do? Well, no, I just, I like the idea of secret messages, and we're using Buffalo as the example. Jack Eichel straight up said Ralph Kruger lied. Like, that's not a secret message. <laughs> not a secret at all. Like, yeah, he That's did. not a secret. Like, what's the coded message in Jack Eichel saying that his coach lied? Oh, I don't know. That seems that I'll, I'll need, I'll need the, the code breakers from world war two to decipher that one for me. Fine. I do think you can lose the room and I don't think Quinn has done that. And I agree with your point about me because of Binojad. He played to a level that he'd never played at under Quinn who did it last year. David mm-hmm. Quinn is, is what he is right now. We hate defending him the way we do every single week. We do. We don't want to. We really don't, we don't want, want to, to, but it hasn't been, there's nothing been fireable. I think he has control of the locker room. I think his guys like playing for him. I think he is a player's coach. Maybe he's not the best X's and O's guy. I saw the stats where he leads like the league in penalty minutes and all this other nonsense, whatever. But Brent Lemieux is also on your team. So I don't know. Like that, that's another one. Like, Ryan, Ryan Strom too. Ryan, Ryan Strom has never seen an offensive zone penalty. He, he, he loves them. So it's, it's. Sometimes it is the players, and the, the players do have to take blame. Like, I had COVID. I, I'm not a professional athlete, but it took what? me months. Yeah, I know. I'm hardly a professional podcaster. I can't even call myself that with a straight face. But for, it took me a couple months just to get normal. Like, I'm still not normal over over the whole COVID thing. It's I have still, like, weird lingering after effects once in a while, and it just is what yeah, it is. Yeah, very unglorious balls from what I remember. That's, uh, yes, I went to the doctor. I went to the ER, and I came back. They said I have an, uh, a uh, – uh, what was it called? It was un- – Unremarkable was, scrotum? That was it was. Yes, the, it said unremarkable scrotum. I said, thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate the obvious statement. Uh, so it, it's a situation where I don't know what's happening with Mika. He hasn't looked the same. There are a couple games where he, like, turns it up, but – He's been snake bitten to another level. It's part of me thinks it's mental. I'm reading the tea leaves. Part of me thinks it's mental. Part of me thinks it's physical. And it's just, it's a shame to see it happen to a guy that is just clearly very talented and a fan favorite. I, I, some of it has to go on him though. It does. It's not all just Quinn's fault. Well, I just, for how I, I this is all I want for however much anyone wants to blame Quinn for Mika's struggles this year. You then have to give him equal credit for Mika's season last year. It just, it has to be equal for me. So if, if you think that this entire year, with Mika is Quinn's fault. That means last year's success is Quinn's responsibility. It, it can't be, it has to be equal, whichever way you go. That, that is all I ask. If you want to blame Quinn for everything, go for it. But then you have to, when things go right, you have to give Quinn the credit. 
because it can't be everything can't be in spite of Quinn if Quinn is also the reason everything is happening. That's exactly you know why on Friday I said, you know, I didn't watch the game, but does Quinn get any? Oh yeah, it's us? all your fault. Like one hundred percent. Yeah, I meant what I said. We can all blame you. Yeah, it's very fun. Okay, uh, two more questions, and I actually like this one a lot. This is from John W. Hey guys, long. Uh, this is F F Mary Kill Ranger Edition. Uh, hey guys, long term contract. Bridge one, cut one. And I think this has become very easy, so stick with me. Remember, long-term contract, bridge one, cut one. Rooney, Lemieux, Blackwell. Okay, well, Lemieux's cut. Yeah, so it's super cut. Not and, even close. And I think Blackwell gets the long-term extension at this point. I don't know. Uh, well, I guess they're yeah. both kind of on. Uh, they're both older. Blackwell, I know, is 27. That's correct. I don't, know Rooney's, Rooney. I don't know Rooney's edge off the top of my head, but I will say 29. Maybe he's well, Kevin Rooney is an American former boxer and current boxing trainer. That's interesting. Oh, wait, we did know that. He was Rocky's trainer, right? Isn't that? Uh, Kevin, no. Okay. No. <laughs> um, oh, they're both 27, mm. Rooney and Blackwell. I would bridge. I mean, it, 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 you, you bridge Rooney just because while I love Rooney and Rooney is my guy. Blackwell's been um, something else, my man. It, we need to talk about We got I know we don't have to spend 15 minutes on this, but you tell me. On January 1st, 2021, a mere two months ago. Uh, by the way, there's a fucking blizzard outside right now. It is what wild. Are you serious? I'm sorry, I'm just, yeah, it, <laughs> okay. I, it, it's crazy. We can go into meteorology later. We'll yep. get Mike Trout on the podcast. Yep. But uh, you tell me two months ago, Ryan, that Colin Blackwell not only is a mainstay in the Rangers' top six, but is now a guy where the Rangers will have to protect him in the expansion draft and honestly as a complication to Kravtsov coming back over to the United States like I understand it's a joke to say when Kravtsov comes over here people are going to start complaining about his ice time like we're doing with Julian Gauthier but also like you can't play everybody you know what I mean yep and Blackwell when Panarin and Kako come back isn't exactly someone you can realistically just boot down the lineup at some like when everyone's healthy before Kravtsov gets here, the Rangers top three forwards worth of set of wingers. You have Kako one Lafreniere two. Yes. Panarin three, Buchnevich four, Kreider five, Blackwell six. In order to get Kravtsov in your top nine, one of those six can no longer be in your top nine. And I like, it's not actually going to be Chris Kreider, even though arguably speaking, it should be Chris Kreider. <laughs> there aren't that many spaces anymore. And there's you just there's nothing you can say to convince me that Colin Blackwell hasn't earned the ice time that he's getting. He's been fantastic. He's been awesome. He's arguably he's arguably one of the three best Ranger wingers all season. Legitimately going to it's get protected. That's happened. Going to get protected from Seattle because they would take yeah. him. Ah oh, man. All I, right. I will say while while I would protect Blackwell, if the Rangers aren't taking calls on Blackwell and asking for like a second round pick, they're doing something wrong. Yeah, you have to. All right, last question. This is from Marcus in Stockholm listeners love the show what is your opinion on bringing in some vets with playoff experience if so who i like the way this young team is progressing but i'm worried about the lack of experience players who knows what it takes to ultimately go all the way i have news they did that it's called jack johnson <laughs> well it's it's not just it's not just that but it's again to go back to the point we were kind of just talking about mm -hmm. who who are you bringing in and where are they playing zabanajad has playoff experience chris Kreider has a mountain's worth of playoff experience. Oodles, a lot of cross And Aaron has playoff experience. Um, our, Truba has playoff experience. Yes, sir. Like, the the realistic spots where the Rangers could, quote-unquote, improve 
you're essentially replacing Ryan Strom. So maybe you get playoff experience through whoever you replace Ryan Strom with. I don't think we can hold it against Jack Johnson, Jack Eichel, that he doesn't have playoff experience, by the way. It's not his fault. Nope. Um, but that's, that's like, because again, wh- which winger are you replacing in order to bring in your quote unquote playoff experience? And when the top four defensively is healthy, which of those four are you bringing, are you moving out to bring in your quote unquote playoff experience? And you're not going to bring playoff experience in goal unless you're replacing Georgiev and bringing in a backup. So it really, it comes down to how do you want to replace Ryan Strom? And to me, I would like to replace Ryan Strom with Jack Eichel. So I, I like you just you run out of spots on this team where you could quote unquote replace. I got to stop saying quote unquote. I don't know why. It's okay. Just we do a lot. Fascinated we do a lot of weird things on this show. Um, we sure do. Speaking of weird things, I didn't do. Remember last week when I didn't follow Ashana? Sean. Oh my God, Ishan on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, I definitely didn't follow Emma until right now. What is wrong? Are you kidding? <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. incredible yeah i was i'm an absolute idiot. so now she has 160,001. and me baby i'm there i'm in all right uh let's actually get to emma it's a great conversation we had a great time talking about jack eichel and all things new york range and all things new york sports etc but before we get to her let's transition to a little bit of a break transition hey we're back with a long time guest we've been trying to get on the podcast i guess emma v- vigland violin <laughs> Half, half you of, just nailed it. We just, you just I know. I hit record. I hit record. It just it, the, all the natural comes out. Uh, you are a co-host of the Majority Report. Uh, you're part of the Peacock Network, I think. Technically, a, yeah. A lot of stuff going yeah. on, and you are most importantly out of all of that a giant sports fan. Uh, so we figured we've been talking on and off for what four years now. Figured it's, yeah. it's about time. Well, look, I just want to say you guys are the best. Um, wow. I, I love the podcast. I mean, I'm, I'm here to, to shit on you, of course, as and you make should. fun of you, um, that, as is my right uh, as the guest on your show, but um, really just makes hockey fun. And I think there's such l- lacking um, sports media or NHL media where like the podcasters actually have fun with it because the NHL, for some reason, doesn't want to market itself or have any new fans. Uh, but I think you guys are doing the work for them. So I appreciate it. Well, they don't pay us. And trust uh, me, they don't like it. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll need that. We'll need that in writing and signed, stamped and approved by you because we get notes and they're not friendly. Yes. Oh, yep. well, naturally, uh, because you call them out on their bullshit which I appreciate. And we appreciate that. But uh, as, as most importantly, let's talk of, speaking of calling people out, the New York Rangers, have you heard of them? Have you read about this? They are a, a, uh, yes. They are a team uh, which exists and causes me pain on a daily basis. I didn't get to get, watch the game on Friday. I'm assuming you may have gotten to watch what was maybe the most fun Ranger game of the year where fans came back in the building. Everyone followed the COVID protocols and everything was wonderful, followed by maybe the biggest stinker of all time on Sunday afternoon. Uh, how was your Ranger weekend? Well, actually, Ryan, it's um, it's funny you say that. That was only the second game this year that I wasn't able to watch live, but I did watch the replay the next day. I know I was in total pain because I kind of resigned myself. I had plans. Um, and I was like, you know, after they lost the Flyers and looked so lackluster without Panera, and I just figured, okay, we're going to go three straight losses here in this back-to-back with the Bruins. And pleasantly surprised. I mean, Johnny Brodzinski, right? Offensive whiz kid, really stepped up for the Rangers on – uh, and I just couldn't believe that that was his goal. But uh, obviously other people uh, stepped up too. Colin Blackwell, uh, one of the surprises, Kevin Rooney of the year. Love those guys. 
<laughs> well, you know, this is this is the Kevin Rooney podcast. We're actually I'm aware. required to change our name. <laughs> our name. Uh, yeah, she listens, brought, Craig. <laughs> I know, which blows my mind because you're an actual important person. We're just two idiots with Dummies. microphones that's, that aren't even as fancy as your microphones. Uh, <laughs> what we obviously, if people don't know, they should know you are one of the big hotshot political reporters. <laughs> Tell me what sports has become for you as like an escape, I would say, I would guess. Well, well, one, yes, I, I, it's, it's less of an escape and more of an unhealthy obsession, I will say. Um, so, uh, that's just a peek into my psychology, right? Um, uh, it, it has way too much uh, of an effect on my mood. I'm a huge Giants fan, Rangers fan and Knicks fan. I mean, like I dabble in the Mets, Greg, and I, I appreciate all of your uh, Mets info on, on the show, but like I've, I've yet to become fully emotionally invested for obvious reasons. Yeah, don't um, do it. Right. But uh, although things may be turning a corner these days, uh, uh, this is this is this is the moment we call where they they lure you back in just to crush you even harder. I'm telling <laughs> you, don't do it. Yeah, you're getting lulled into it. Don't do it. Yeah. Well, look, uh, I'm trying my hardest and, and I'm fairly distracted by the, the Rangers complete like like not dysfunction, but everything seems to be going wrong. That could be this year. Uh, right. Uh, the star player on the team is in some some sort of political turmoil back home in russia obviously but i digress yeah i I got into sports i specifically the giants in high school and then i became a big rangers fan really just because uh, my boyfriend at the time was into it uh, which isn't the coolest story uh but then i it became obsessive and uh and now i you know can't sleep if they they perform badly and I listen to a bunch of podcasts. And so I think that's more just uh, about my personality than anything. It's- so I, I take, I take issue with like, say girls who are like, Oh, I love football. So they can take a photo in a cute like Jersey or something like that. I'm like, well, you're really taking away from women like me who uh, it's kind of a mental illness. My more pain. Than anything. <laughs> my suffering. Right, exactly. My yeah. Sunday matinee, which crushed my, I, I burned my food on purpose and ate it to feel pain. <laughs> like, right. Right. That, exactly. That's exactly what happens with us. So I relate. I totally get it. Yeah. Have you ever, um, have you ever heard of Gregory after he watches a Mets game? It's a lot like that. Any Mets oh, game, really. I kind of miss yeah. the, the true ferocity and the anger, the pain. It's coming back soon. We'll get there. Lindor looks well, good, it, Because it's it's not just – it's not just it's, it's one part anger that I'm angry at the Mets, but then it becomes like anger that I am allowing this group of 26 grown-ass men to impact my mood on a such such a level where I'm legitimately miserable – and then it so it, it starts as being angry at the Mets, and then it just becomes angry at myself that I allow this to happen on a near daily basis. You would think right. at some point you would learn the lesson. Like you hold your hand over the flame long enough, and you're like, "Oh, look at that! It's hot. That hurts," and you take your hand away. But instead, I'm just like, "That really hurts." There's, yeah, I'm Fan, just fandom to, intertwined with fandom intertwined with self-loathing. I mean, I think that's uh, that that's very apropos. There is something incredibly amusing about a 20-year-old Finnish man holding all my emotions in his hands. <laughs> just, it's a, tale, well, a daily thing for me. Yeah, so I am I am actually Finnish. My, my grandma oh. was from Finland, and I've been there. I've been to the promised land. I'm Norwegian as well. So I am basically have hockey in my blood. Um, Matt Zuccarello, Capo Caco, you know, that they, they have my heart in that area. Wow. Although, I... Isn't it insane that Zook is just, like, tearing it up what right now? What the hell? Player of the I know. week? <laughs> like, his long lizard tongue just getting out there and uh, providing value to the Minnesota Wild after all these years? I don't know. I miss the guy. I was kind of hoping they would eventually just, like, buy him out. 
and then we would just be like, haha, we got him back. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's just not going to be the case because he actually seems to be adding value, which I did not expect. Not that I dislike Zook or anything, but out of nowhere, he's just playing out of his mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think any of us expected that. And that contract looked ridiculous at the time that it was signed, just based on what we saw with the Stars and based on the Rangers' evaluation of him. But, you know, I don't know. We're, we're, the Rangers players that we've been trading away seem to be succeeding in other systems at rates that are, like, a little high. I mean, Neil Pionk's doing okay. Um, Maybe you've heard of Ryan McDonough and Kevin Shattenkirk. They might have, yeah. may or may not have won a cup this year. I cannot remember. It's so weird. That Shattenkirk buyout, that that's probably my least favorite Gordon decision if I if I had to to rank it. Emma, I don't know about let me you ask guys. you real quick. You would have rather bought out Mark Stahl? That's so strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What makes you yeah. think that? Uh, I mean that like that we endured that for quite a long time. But uh but we have Jack Johnson, of course, to fill that void for yeah, us. The legend. There, there can a you can't be a Rangers fan without having one very old, uh, bad defenseman who's just so obviously slow, terrorizing yeah. our hearts every night. The the sad the sad thing is like Jack Johnson's not even old like he's 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 our age. And it's, what? It, 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 he's he's thirty. He, I think he's thirty one. Let me check. He's I'm just double checking. Are you joking? Not, there's good. no way. There's no way. He's he's not old. He's not older I than thirty four. I thought he was at least thirty four. I think he's, and I that's think, not even old anymore in hockey terms. Should I search Jack Johnson? It came right up with banana pancakes guy. One second, NHL. Uh, he's, he is 34, okay. January Ooh. 13th, 1987. There you go. Wow, oh, I, I kind of just pulled that out of my ass. But nice job. Go, 34. Professionals. Still, I just want to point out, two years older than me. I, I can't look at that and say old for sure. I need yeah. that to be like middle-aged. Just following up to make sure that everyone knows Greg is still 31. Okay. Still 31. We'll be 32 in April. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm here to help. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Big, big year for me. Huge year. Yeah. Anyway, so now that we've gone over some of the pains of being a Ranger fan, what have you've obviously been following the team pretty closely over the last couple of years. Now, all of a sudden, there's a there's riots and rages on the Twitter.com about maybe trading for Jack Eichel. The rebuild that has been Alexi Lafreniere, Capococco coming in. The prospects that are coming over and the, the hope of the future like, where would you, uh, from, from a person who's obsessed with, with sports as you are, you've watched <laughs> the Giants try to rebuild. You've watched uh, the Knicks try to do anything. Where, <laughs> how has this rebuild been going for you comparatively to your other sports teams? Well, that's what's incredible with this Fire Quinn crowd, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, the rebuild's going pretty well. Right. And, and so I, like the giants have been in purgatory for God knows when, how long. Right. I mean, we took a running back second overall, love the guy seems like a lovely guy and just in terms of a team rebuilding standpoint. I mean, like Gordon at least understands the modern NHL, however modern it, it isn't or is um, the Gettleman, for example, just it never is traded down in his life. Isn't that an unbelievable, unbelievable statistic I that in any that. draft he's never traded down. And that's what leads you to taking a running back second overall, not really understanding the values of picks. And then you have like GMs, like, like what the Colts are doing. I mean, they just accumulate picks and the more picks you have, the higher chance you're going to hit on those picks. And so you get players like Darius Leonard, for example. And then the Knicks, it's like, you know, we won that Porzingis trade, by the way, though. I mean, have you seen Porzingis defensively lately? It's, it's I don't know what, what happened to Chris Stapps. He's not, He's he almost no not knees. a. He, I don't think he can be he, on a playoff team. I don't think he can be a starter starter anymore. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I think, and then the fact that that the the Knicks got multiple picks out of that, and you know, the Mavericks are like around five hundred right now, even a little, little bit below. I haven't, uh, I don't remember that the fact that that could be a lottery pick. I, I is never crazy. root for injury, but all it takes is Luca to to twist a little bit, and then that's it. Like that's a lottery pick, guaranteed. Uh, but yeah, it's also hard for me to root against the Mavericks because Luka Doncic is is great. He's, he's been, so fun. He's phenomenal and absolutely a joy to watch. Yes, just a, a just a peach. Um, but anyway, so the Rangers rebuild comparatively to those teams, like I just think it's going really well. And a lot of that they lucked into the second overall pick. They lucked into the first overall pick. I, I never imagined that that would happen. And I, you know, I know the fans really don't like the Truba signing, and he's not as flashy, and he's not the the wonderkin that Adam Fox is, for example. But like he's a big body, and he has skill on, uh, you know, the, the boat. He can shoot the puck well. And, you know, he's defensively sound and clearly a, a leader on that team. You know, there's a bit of a void. But I, I was a fan of that troop of signing, and I still think it, it there's there's time for it to, to pan out. Um, but overall, you know, Gorton's done a pretty good job. People can say he got lucky, but you get dealt the hand that you're dealt, and I think he's done a pretty good job with it thus far. So, like, yeah, this team's going to struggle, especially when they go up against – a team like the, Bo- the Boston Bruins just stacked with leaders, with veterans, with skilled position players or skilled players, I should say, with just an immense um, amount of talent and experience. Yeah, kids that are getting used to the modern NHL are going to struggle and they eked out a win in that two game series, which I didn't even think was going to happen. So like the amount of impatience on Rangers Twitter, it's, it's kind of laughable compared to. The, where other New York franchises have been in recent years. We're so lucky. It's so hard to <laughs> overstate how lucky the Rangers are. It's a pandemic literally caused you to get the first overall pick. Otherwise, it was never happening. It accelerated your rebuild uh, the, in ways the, that... The Rangers could very easily be the Sabres, and they are not. Right. Okay. Well, then, yeah. So then that that's the... I, I, I meant to touch on Eichel, but um, that was a oh, we're, transition. Oh, we're getting break. there. Don't, don't you worry. <laughs> uh, but before we get to Eichel, I need... that. This has been... This is going to be my burning question for probably the rest of the season because it has been the thing I've been most fascinated about probably since we started podcasting. It's just the yin and the yang that is the Rangers and the Knicks. Everything is falling apart for the Rangers. We have a player in political turmoil. Our center who had COVID, our number one center who had COVID, um, doesn't play hockey anymore, essentially. Everything has gone wrong except for Adam Fox. Go over to the Knicks. Julius Randle is an MVP. R.J. Barrett is everything you thought the the Knicks were drafting and more. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly is maybe rookie of the year somehow. As a Ranger and a Nick fan, how are you handling your two truths? Because <laughs> this is this is the world. Is it's it, for me? I want to be happy about the Knicks, but everything's falling apart with the Rangers, and I forgot that in order for the Knicks to rise, the Rangers had to fall, and it was almost like I didn't consider the downside when I was considering the positives. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the laws of physics, right? They can't be successful all at once. Um, although, again, the Rangers, as must I remind you, both haven't won a cup since 94, so who knows? But um, but yeah, unfortunately, um, the, the Rangers, yeah, seem to be falling apart. But yeah, the Knicks, like, what's amazing about what Thibodeau's done is that you just have an adult in the room and pieces started to come together in that area and Julius Randle his conditioning looks so much better he looks like he lost I don't know how much weight but then he can use that strength that he has 
and then the agility comes into play too and his shooting is just out of control i mean like it's comical in the modern nba i guess the fact that they're just that last night uh on sunday night they used a nine-man rotation just because um taj gibson was out and and they were coming off a back-to-back i mean that's old school bizarre like nba coaching stuff so i don't know how sustainable it is but i tweeted that it reminded me of their very poor man's miami heat from last year just in terms of they're really defensively sound not the most talented team but really fun got a lot of grit got a lot of energy uh and yeah so but if i was to pick look i'm a rangers fan even more than i'm a knicks fan so i wish the rangers were doing better especially because there's not a championship on the horizon for the knicks right now but maybe they can lure a free agent or two back to msg with this kind of play who knows um mr so, beal come on down we'll see yeah I, you know I, I know this isn't gonna happen but in my dreams i i would love Kawhi leonard to just be a part of this system i think that would be really really beautiful he and just, like the def- he just gets the up defense. from the clippers and he's like you know what fuck it <laughs> yeah. i'm going to the york I, yeah i i i mean i was like when he signed that short-term contract with them that was kind of my my fever dream but but i digress it could, you know, if he didn't love San Diego and love the West Coast so absolutely much that he left Toronto, which was a championship team, obviously. And uh, maybe maybe New York is the one way you could drag Kawhi Leonard away because I think Kawhi Leonard as a Nick is really fun. I would have a blast with that, but that will never happen. Yeah. Speaking of trading or getting superstars, I guess this is now time to talk about Mr. Jack Eichel. I've had a uh, a long day of of looking at people's comments of saying this is what I would trade for Eichel and I don't care uh, what you what you, <laughs> what you think you should trade for Eichel or what your Buffalo fans would say yes or no to, but one thing that I I kind of have a turmoil about at least in the inside of of my emotions and feelings cage inside my chest that's what I'm calling it is is. Uh, Trading Lafreniere or Kako, which I've been on record of saying I do not think would happen for them to get Eichel. But if if it came down to it, would I do it? And I keep coming to the answer of no. And I just think that's because I want to win with my guys, the guys that we drafted, similar to the early Yankee teams, etc., that had those core pieces that you drafted. Like... I, I I know what Greg is doing here, but I I want to do I want to win with the people that that are are, are drafted by the team. Where do you land I, I on, on who trading? Can, who who can who can forget homegrown Ranger Mark Messier? Am I right? Listen, <laughs> I, I get it, but Brian Leach was also there. I would like to I would like to win with the people I've grown attached to, Lafreniere or Trapocaco. I guess what I'm asking is, when it comes down to it, would you want would you be okay with parting of one of them for Jack Eichel? So, so Ryan, if if the Rangers won a cup next year and none of these current players were on the team, would you throw it away? The, I'd be at the parade. I'd be in full attire. <laughs> right. I would be probably blacked out and <laughs> uh, celebrating very hard. Yes, is that what you're asking? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I mean, so I, I was seeing some of those replies too. It's like, Ranger fans, what would you trade what, you know, player that's performing really poorly, like Mika's advantage, oh. would you trade for this superstar Jack Eichel? And then, yeah, maybe a few ones. That's not what it's going to take. No. Like, it's going to have to take, um, yeah, I think either Alexi Lafreniere or Capo Caco, maybe, maybe. I mean, the Sabres are, like, what is their, I was trying to think about this before the podcast, is their NFL equivalent the Detroit Lions? Like, yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. It would it would be the Detroit Lions if the Detroit Lions hired a head coach straight out of the Premier League in England. Like, <laughs> I think that's that's the part of the Sabres I feel like we've always undersold a little bit. I'm a Southampton football club fan in England, and the Sabres hired 
Ralph Kruger, who was running Southampton to be their head coach. I understand he had a hockey background before he went into soccer, but it's the Boston Bruins aren't going to hire Billy Bean either. Like it, it's isn't that the premise of that show uh, with with Jason Sudeikis? Like, <laughs> right? Isn't that the premise? He's a NF or he's a football coach in America who goes to coach soccer over in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's just like that exists in real life, uh, I guess, with the Sabres. Just not not as fun from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, definitely not fun for Jack Eichel. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to take an enormous trade package. And then you have to worry about the team, I guess, being a little too top heavy, right? But I think that's an overblown concern. Um, and the, the NHL salary cap is comically low. But I think you try to make it work for, for Jack Eichel. I just don't think of the trade destinations that he's been listed at, that the Rangers are as realistic as, as others. But but I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, what do you think it would take to to get him? Because I think it, you know, what four draft picks for the next two drafts, two I, ones, two twos, and then plus like Alexi Lafreniere, Capocaco, maybe throw Savannah Jet in there. I don't know. Well, I, I still think <laughs> I still think firmly that it, we're we're ha- we're having two different conversations at the exact same time, right? I think there's the conversation of what it should cost to get Jack Eichel, which is Mount Everest, everything. Yeah, Jack Eichel is the type of player that shouldn't become available via trade. But then there's the what will it actually take to get Jack Eichel conversation, which I think is completely different. Totally agree. Um, I, I think it's important to remember that, you know, it's not that I don't think the Pugulas are hurting for money, but the bills are definitely the number one priority. So if they can cost cut somewhere else to spend as what they want to spend on the bills, I think they would. Uh, you have to take into account Jack Eichel wanting out and if Jack Eichel says he wants out and will only go to New York then you're dealing with a trade package that isn't quite as high as it would be I I think it's totally fair to look at what the Rangers gave up for Rick Nash and try to think of what a modern day trade package would be and I think that's where you get Jack Eichel I don't think it's going to be everybody likes to point to to the Ryan O'Reilly trade and Ryan O'Reilly was a very good hockey player when the Sabres traded him but the Sabres were kind of running his numbers into the ground for a couple of years before they decided to move. So it's not like they were trading this star player, Ryan O'Reilly. They were, they were trading a little shine off that star before it happened. Again, that's the Sabres fault that that shine didn't happen, but to put Ryan O'Reilly on the same level as Jack Eichel, I think is a little irresponsible. I, I, I think what we need to do is try and figure out what the modern day equivalency of that Rick Nash packages. And I think that's kind of what you're looking at. I'm going to pull it up right now. Actually. I, I, yeah, I was, I was going to ask because um, it, it escapes me. I tend, to, saying, Ryan? I tend to agree with uh, Greg. I tend to agree <laughs> with Greg. Uh, that's very strange. Where it's the situation where we are talking two different things. With the actual value of Jack Eichel and what it should cost and then obviously what, what, what it will happen. To me, and I, my, this is just my gut feel, I don't think Gordon would ever want to let go of Lafreniere or Capococco or Adam Fox at that time. And everything else would be on the table, like literally everything else. Niels Lundqvist would be on the table. I think Keandre Miller would be on the table, despite as many people that would not want to trade Keandre Miller. I do believe uh, Brandon Schneider, obviously the first round pick for next year. Kravstoff will be on it. And it'll be a package similar to that, where you have the sort of, you're getting an entire farm. You're also getting Ryan Strom and you're also getting probably Tony D'Angelo for money reasons. Uh, And you're getting maybe six, seven players that can fill out half of your team that would make up the sum of the parts for Jack Eichel in, in Niels Lundqvist and those other players, but Jack Eichel is irreplaceable in that way, but you might as well get what you can. Now, to also speak on Greg's second point, which is 
if, if he wants to go to New York. Well, if he goes to LA and his agent's like, hey, we don't want to stay here long term. Jack's going to be unhappy. He's going to do the exact same thing he did in Buffalo. There's no way LA's like, yeah, we're going to give you Quinton Byfield. That's not happening. So that's Yeah, I, I saw Ottawa as a trade destination as like was listed by some beat writer. And I was like, I, I just genuinely don't think Eichel as I, I, players in all leagues. And I know the NHL is going to be the last to figure this out. Um, but uh, they're they're figuring out that they can determine a lot of their fate. Uh, and the NHL is like the least player-friendly league of all of these. Uh, I mean, the fact that uh, you guys talked about it a lot, but the fact that restricted free agency is still allowed in the way that it is, um, and, and the fact that uh, players are able to be held on to for how long since they're drafted, since their rookie year, based on the arbitration process, what is it like seven years yeah, before they long. can hit hit the open market? I mean, yeah, that's really ridiculous. But Eichel could really pave the way and and you know demand a trade in a way that sets the market and then kind of you know does a passive aggressive Russell Wilson thing where you know he lists his preferred destinations and says I'll only accept a trade there or this is the only place I'll sign long term with and make that known publicly because that's kind of how players can use their leverage. Uh, in this day and age, is make things known. It's just so against the culture of the NHL to be that way um, that that I, I don't know if he would do something like that, but I think that's the next step for professional athletes. And yeah, the NHL, it's like, it's still in 1972, but. <laughs> uh, just for history's sake and transparency's sake, the Rick Nash trade in July 23rd, 2012, the Rangers got Nash, Stephen Delisle, and a third-round pick, which became Pavel Buchnevich, which nice you mentioned more often. Uh, they traded Brandon Dubinsky, Artem Anisimov, Tim Erickson, and their first-round pick in the 2013 draft. So you're talking Dubinsky is probably Ryan Strom. Anisimov, yeah. at that time, was probably talked about on the same level we're talking about Phil Heedle right now. Um, Erickson wasn't the defensive prospect that Niels Lundqvist is. So maybe you're talking Braden Schneider, and then you're talking a first round draft pick, and I, and I would, it would say be more than that. that. It would be yeah. more than that. I mean, like I, that... I would say there's no way the Rangers do it without having to sacrifice multiple firsts: Niels Lundqvist, uh, Ryan Strom, and I would. If I'm the Sabers, I'm asking for Edel. I think you can make a trade that is acceptable without Lafreniere, Kako, uh, and Miller, but I. It, it really comes down to how bad does Jack Eichel want out of say, the Buffalo? Because Nash wanted out of Columbus. And that's why yeah. the Rangers were able to get him at a discount. So does Eichel really want out of Buffalo? Or does Buffalo feel like this is just, if they're going to make this move, it has to be now? Well, and I, I think mean, that he's made it super clear in the past that it's or it, what, what is this the the fourth time that we've heard Jack Eichel trade rumors I mean it's clear he's unhappy and why would he be happy I mean look at that Jeff Skinner contract and what's happening with nine million right now unreal I mean the amount of mismanagement truly is is something something to behold but um but I I I, I also think and this is just free advice for somebody like uh, somebody like Jack Eichel, if you want a trade like this, if you and you make it known, and you like decrease the the, the team's um, leverage in terms of you know what the Sabers can extract from other teams, the team you're going to go to is also more complete. So, Eichel, why don't you just announce on your Twitter that you want to come to the New York Rangers, and then we can get away with what trading a lot less for you make it That's, super easy then you give a championship yeah. team right away it's not like la is right around the corner for these these cups like we have the talent it's here now our time panarin's here now 
So Igor Sturkin's here now. We're not waiting for anything. We could do this. Come on over. Just post on Twitter. It's super easy. Just pull the who was it? Uh, who was it? Was it Eric Bloodsoe in Milwaukee when he just tweeted out, I don't want to yeah. be here? I don't want to be here. So. Classic tweet. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So um so so yeah, the NBA players have perfected this. The NFL is catching on as we're seeing right now with Deshaun Watson. Um, oh, Russell yeah. Wilson, you can you can speak to this more, Greg, with the MLB. But I, like, the, of course, the NHL will be the last to know. Um, but hey, Eichel could make some history here. Be a trendsetter. Well, I will say it, it has happened. It has happened once. I mean, Adam Fox made it painfully clear he wasn't going to sign with anyone that wasn't the Rangers. No, and he was no, just ready. Yeah, Let, he was a but prospect. It, he's at that he's point. the one. He's the yeah. he's the exception. He is. I I can't name anyone else that has done it besides but Adam Fox. Trouble like, Trub- like kind of did flames, it. Uh, no, Trouba just didn't want to be in Winnipeg. No, he. Talk- I don't think he said the Rangers specifically. I think he specifically meant New York during that time. I mean, you were saying okay, it. Th- but there, there are years- more teams in this in the New York metropolitan area than just the Rangers. There, Ryan. Are there? <laughs> <laughs> but the I don't know. point, one Ryan, of them, is that one of them got away is- with it. This is all behind closed doors is all I'm saying. Sorry. This is all behind closed doors is what I'm saying. Just a public play. Right. Right. Okay. I see. Yes. Well, hockey players don't use their social media. They, well, one did and not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, watch your tone. Yeah. 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 Uh, He'll play one day. Right. Okay. never mind. Um, It's a situation where they don't use their social media for anything that's like interesting. I know everything that happens in in other players lives. I know where Mike Trout even goes on on his air trips. He posts airplane emojis and then says the city he's going to. But HL players don't even do that. So that's another step in the game, which we're just simply not at. And I think you bring up a great point. I just think we're maybe five, 10 years away from the player empowerment era of the of the NHL because Listen, Pavlovich is just 25. He's going to be an RFA next year. He's what? He's going to be a 20. Like, he's not going to be a UFA until he's like 27. That's insane. So oh, much, I know. And, so the, and the Matt Barzal saga was ridiculous. I mean, the fact that that's what's he making an AAV of $7 million a year. Yes. And he's Matt Barzal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a top 15 player in the league. Um, that's it's 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 really if you're into kind of players rights and I try to look at that from that perspective when I'm watching sports because yeah, these billionaire owners they don't need their money. Give it to guys who are only going to play for, you know, what, two to 10 years in their lives, make as much money as they can for their families. Um, it's, it's actually a travesty. It's pretty messed up uh, that that the, these players can be taken advantage of in this way and not be able to test the market to the value of their abilities. And the bars all situation was um, really indicative of that. And I like the, you know, the NBA has made great strides. The NHL is super behind in that area. Well, yeah, we're sitting, we're sitting here talking about what it would cost to trade for Jack Eichel. I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask a blunt question. Who would you rather have Barzal or Eichel? And is the <laughs> difference in, if, if the answer is Eichel, would you rather have Barzal, Miller, Fox, Kako, Lafreniere, or would you rather have Eichel and maybe only two of those players? Because all you had to do to get Barzal was give up four first round draft picks. It, that's fine. <laughs> that's all you had to do. You could have, you could have had Lafreniere. You could have had Kako. You could have had Panarin. You could have had Mika. You could have had Heedle. You could have had Ryan Strom as your fourth line center. You could have had all these guys. All you had to do was give up the four future mystery box players that ideally, if you have Matt Barzal, are being picked 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st, or 32nd. That's all you had to do. But instead, we're going to sit here and say, well, you know, is Kako too much to give up for Eichel, blah, blah, blah. It's like, buddy, you could have had an exact same player and you could have kept all your pieces too. You could have had could have had your cake, could have eaten it. Why are we sitting here and talking about this? It 
frustrates me to no end. Really does. Yeah, I mean, that's the NHL for you, right? It's uh, We want a team build, but we don't want to make any other GMs mad. So the latter is going to take precedence here. It's been a, a wonderful time speaking Rangers <laughs> with you, Emma. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up because I know you got you got other big time plans. I'm sure, you know. Oh, you, please. You I mean, you guys, really over, and... you guys really overhype it. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say leftist media doesn't like pay amazingly. Uh, and it's, but I, <laughs> I'll cut that out. I'll cut that out. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, I don't really care. Okay. So, uh, so this is, this is, uh, I love this. Thank you so much for having me on. Just, uh, just a big fan and, and, uh, love, love the work you guys do. Make me laugh on a weekly basis. Please come yeah, back in the summer. This media, if you think oh, leftist media Greg? pays poorly, wait until you see our paychecks. Well, yeah, it's pretty much an unpaid internship at this point. Um, big topic of the day. Emma, I hope you come back uh, later this summer. Do you want to plug anything you do otherwise? Sure. Uh, yeah. If you guys are, you know, into following politics, uh, my show, the majority, oh, should I cut? No, shit. No. Should I not say that? No, oh. please. No, okay. I don't care. I'll cut, cut that part out too, I guess. No, I'm not cutting um, anything. Go ahead. I can't listen. <laughs> Okay. Uh, if you guys uh, like listening to uh, politics, or I'm flustered now, uh, political media, uh, you can follow the Majority Report. Uh, it's on YouTube every day, noon Eastern, live, and it's also on the Peacock app uh, on your television screen from uh, on 5 p.m. Eastern on the Choice Channel. It's I co-host it with uh, Sam Cedar. He's a legend. And uh, we, we cover the news of the day every day, Monday through Friday. Awesome. And you can follow her on Twitter and yell at her about things. Just like you follow us on Twitter at Orion Mead and Blue Shirts Break, you yell at us there. We'll be back later this week with the BSB OT post one of the games later this week on Thursday, which I don't even know who we're playing because I'm a good Rangers host. Okay, bye. Love you. <laughs> Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.00% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash CD specials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Trimble connects the digital and physical worlds, making organizations in agriculture, construction, geospatial, and transportation more efficient, productive, and ready to thrive in the new, interconnected world of work. See for yourself at Trimble.com. With Trimble, work works now.